Welcome everybody to episode 150 of the Metabolist 2 podcast featuring David and Ben. And where are you calling in from tonight, Ben? Um, I am calling in <laughs> from the delightful tropical island of Maui in the Hawaiian archipelago, a colony of the United States of America. A state. A state. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yes, I have to forget that when you colonize a country, you just turn it into a state, and then all is well. Yes. Yeah, no hard feelings between the mainlanders and the native Hawaiians at all. <laughs> Absolutely, no hard feelings at all. No hard feelings at all. Yeah, no, I'm I'm having a working holiday on Maui, but mm-hmm. luckily was able to uh, was able to watch the uh, the finale of my favorite TV show today. So that was. That's um, helpful because we because I do a weekly podcast on that TV show. So. so the timeless children. I had just finished watching uh, about thirty minutes ago. Oh goodness! So it's still fresh. Still fresh. It in is your brain. still fresh in my mind, and I've only yeah. seen it once. So you're going to get my uh, hot take. I guess unfiltered reaction <laughs> to um, it. Um, the, your your untempered schism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the Timeless Children. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it, yeah, Timeless Children. It is, the Timeless Children, episode 10 of series 12 of yeah, modern yeah. Doctor Who. Well, so what did, <laughs> what did we think? Um, I, to, I, I did watch it with my lady wife, and I, mm-hmm. did, I did make her watch. Well, she didn't make her. She also wanted to watch the previous episode as well. So we had like a, a two hours plus of Who. A Who marathon. Who mm-hmm. It's funny. Um, she felt it was a little bit all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fair because she's not really seen a huge amount of this current series. She's seen the the two opening episodes where we reintroduce the master, and I guess she also saw the episodes where we introduce uh, Doctor Ruth. Right. Well, I mean, I think uh, yeah, I think I think it was curatech for me. Good in parts. Mm-hmm. Good in parts. Mm-hmm. It was it was all that was uh, all the things I think are good about the Chibnall era, and also most of the things that are bad about the Chibnall era mm-hmm. as well. Is my take basically? Uh, my hot take, I guess, is a lot of telling. It was a lot of telling, and yes. the doctor was pretty passive through most of the story. I felt she was. It was like one big sixty-five-minute-long exposition dump. They didn't really do the doctor didn't really do anything, and there literally was in the Matrix part of the tale. Mm-hmm. It literally was. The master was telling a story, right. um, and we were just. I think the most egregious example of that for me was when Graham sat down with Yaz and told Yaz like how awesome Yaz was, right. and how she's always selfish and like helping other people and mm-hmm. blah blah blah, which is no doubt true. I'm not going to quibble that that's not what Yaz does. Have we ever really seen her do that in the show? Not really. So we're just going to have to take Graham, and I, I'm, I'm also, I'm of course going to take Graham's word for it. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say he's lying. Because uh, he's got no reason to do so. Right. But yeah, that's, it was just like we were told how brilliant Yaz was. Right. Without actually really seeing Yaz be brilliant in any way in the past nine episodes, past ten episodes. Well, so past, was, past two years, really. Past, 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 past the, the past two years. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that, that, that really was the kind of, that was the, I mean, I think when I say, you know, it was kind of the worst, some of the worst aspects of the Chibnall era, that really was the kind of example for me. It's like, yeah, okay, well, let's see her actually do something like that. Right. You know, let's see her 
you know, of course, one hates to always appeal back to the classic era, which is, of course, where one lives most of the time. But, you know, let's see her, like Joe Grant does, you know, right. offer to lay down her life for the Doctor and for the people of the, the Earth. Right. You know, to see her do that. Right. Because, you know, if you were talking about someone who's selfless and always thinking of other people, right. let's, let's talk Joe Grant. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. To me, it seemed a little bit unearned and Chibnall, I'm assuming that the fam isn't coming back in series 13, but it seemed like Chibnall was trying to put a bow on Yaz having never really given her character much to work with. Right. And right. so just have Graham, who's had a lot of character development, uh, just say how awesome Yaz is and we'll leave it there. But, uh, it, was it earned? Maybe in the off-screen adventures. Maybe Big Finish will fill those in in the future. Yeah, you know, maybe in the books. You know, maybe in all the all the other stuff. You know, we'll we'll mm-hmm. kind of learn how amazing mm-hmm. Yaz was. If you know, if Yaz doesn't, if Yaz doesn't return. I mean, again, I guess I got a little bit confused by the end about where everybody was, particularly since everybody seemed to be flying around in various Tardises. Mm-hmm. But um, well, let's just jump to that and. Uh, I guess they landed in somewhere in Yorkshire, somewhere in Sheffield, I'm guessing. Uh, Julie Gardner's yeah. character, the other bloke, and uh, the fam. Oh, and, yeah. and Ethan, I guess, is the... So three three humans from the future and the fam uh, materialize in a house TARDIS in Sheffield is yeah. my takeaway, I guess. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess now they all have access to a TARDIS, which is probably helpful, especially if they want to invite people around. Um, because it's obviously it'll be bigger than a normal mm-hmm. house, um, which will be helpful mm-hmm. and useful. I guess. Do they now how to fly it? I guess they kind of do, a little bit. So I don't know. I, I mean, the doctor is in is in jail. Is in Jadun jail now. Apparently, mm-hmm. I thought that was a bit like. Well, I, I mean, I guess in some ways that was set up a little bit by um, fugitive the Jude the, right. the Jadun the Jadun were kind of looking for the doctor, and now right. they found. Her, and now they put her in Jadun jail. She's got no TARDIS. I would have preferred that happening outside the TARDIS when she's walking from the tree TARDIS to the police box TARDIS that they would have yeah. nabbed her yeah. rather than materialize uh, all of the Kerblam Man. Kerblam Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think too many people are able to materialize inside the TARDIS at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. and again, it just seems, you know, I don't know, presumably, you know, makeup would have complained that they didn't want to set up. They wanted to go. They didn't want to go out. They didn't want to like do a do a outside shoot with like to do makeup right. again. And it was right. easier to do it in the studio where the TARDIS is. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. I mean, it's that kind of uh, practical obviousness that you know, can be uh, can be tricky. Yeah, I I think you could have easily done that in the studio. You could have. Oh yeah. I, well, I think I, you could I, have done. Yes. I mean, if they could do thin ice on <laughs> on stage, they could have done a little battlefield. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I mean, well, let's just go all the way back to the previous episode, like why they didn't just all walk back to the TARDIS anyway mm-hmm. when they were being attacked by Cybermen. That's, yeah, I guess I complained about that last week. Yeah. So bits I liked, I liked that mm. they disguised themselves as Cybermen. I thought that worked pretty well. Yes. It's been a long time coming ever since uh, Ian disguised himself as a Dalek in... Uh, what was it? Was it the 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 first Dalek serial? It was. It was. Yeah. No. I think they. Were, yeah, yeah. I think. I, well, I think actually, I think it was in a couple of Dalek serials that we disguised ourselves mm-hmm. as Daleks. And of course, in the modern era, we've also disguised ourselves as Daleks as well. Yeah. 
you know, I think it's pretty accepted canon mm-hmm. that it's pretty easy to like <laughs> put on the clothes of an alien and mm-hmm. aliens don't notice. Yeah. 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 So that was good. Uh, I guess we got an explanation of the Brendan story. Yeah. Did we? I, I guess I didn't fully. Brendan is the doctor. Yeah. How, though? I, uh, um... Why? I guess they spent one of the regenerations uh, in 1930s, 40s Earth in Ireland as the doctor for whatever reason, whatever reason the division uh, sent him there to be a uh, Irish guard. To be a policeman in, in, in Ireland during yeah. the mid, mid-20th century, which I guess I'm, you know, I'm sure that maybe there was some kind of alien, maybe the, 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 the crook. <laughs> from from last week was like some was a, I don't was a jadoon or something. I mean, what was confusing Amanda? That's my wife. Um, and also me was like then, uh, how was the doctor remembering being discovered as a baby? That was what I understood. The master putting these snippets into the doctor's mind from what he could find from the matrix. Right, right. So he was providing yeah. these flashbacks or these uh, bits. Right. Okay, all right. Well, that makes kind of sense. I mean, a little bit overcomplicated, possibly. Why? Okay, it's another question okay. people are having. <laughs> I don't know why you're able to answer. Like, why was the master so cross to discover that regenerations was to do with the doctor? Because he doesn't like the doctor, and doctor. in or okay. and in order to regenerate, he has a little bit of doctor DNA the doctor inside, inside him. him. Okay, fair, fair. Okay, and that's what drove him nuts, I guess, to burn down an entire bit of Gallifrey. And why did you think the doctor would find that to be intolerable as well? I wonder. She didn't in the end. I think what she found upsetting is that they erased kind of, her, her yeah. many lives. Right, so he he, kept, he he kind of made a mistake, kind of imagining that the Doctor would find that Freak to be out, irritating. Yeah. Um, I guess then the other thing that was confusing me is like, how did the Master destroy Gallifrey so easily? No, I'm just full of questions. I think it's a, a, a showrunner prerogative that Gallifrey that is easy to destroy, to destroy. <laughs> <laughs> if and you when just... you are the Master and the uh, series continuity needs a kick in the head. I, I, I guess that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair. <laughs> and this all came down to the whole uh, 65 minutes of exposition really came, uh, was there designed to reset the continuity. Uh, yeah. Let's eliminate Gallifrey once and for all. Ha ha. Which is good. Yeah. Which is, which, you know, it's, I think, I think every show, showrunner does that, you know, from time to time. I think that's, that's fine. I'm sure Gallifrey will find a way back to itself. True. I mean, I did read, I did, I was reading something on Twitter and someone was saying, well, you know, discovering that the Doctor isn't really a Time Lord and was, and is kind of like the origin, is the origin of the Time Lords. Though, they did kind of skate, I mean, to me, the most amazing things about Time Lords is not that they can regenerate, which is cool, mm-hmm. but they are also Lords of Time. That right. seems to be, and they kind of skated over that, and then... The Time Lord, I can't remember the Time Lord scientist name now. You know, developed regeneration, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and then and then they discover time travel mm-hmm. and became Time Lords. It's like, well, actually, no. The thing you're missing out there is then mm-hmm. they discover time travel. That's actually kind of a difficult thing mm-hmm. to discover. That well, is we, not a lot to do with regeneration. We have that whole story already, though, with Omega and Rassilon. That that story has been told. Yeah, I guess. I mm-hmm. guess so. I guess so. But I mean, I would have liked a little bit more about that. So the doctor's stepmother, or the the, the Shabugan explorer, uh, was right. Tacitin, or 
Tess, Tess. Tessiton. I mean, again, come, come on, Chibnall. You're coming up with names we can't remember. I don't like this. Take, <laughs> take a leaf out of RTD's book and like come up with names that like Ressa, Corica, Palipatorius that we can just remember like from a decade and a half ago mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. rather than from like literally five hours ago. Well, so. this name, uh, T-A-C-T-E-U-N, is going to be rememberable or <laughs> it's going to be remembered whether whether we can remember true. it or not, that's because true. it's just through through repetition, because now it's part of the uh, discontinuity. Part, part of but uh, yeah, just to go back to the kind of Twitter comment that I read, I'm just repeating things around on Twitter now, but it's like discovering that the Doctor is, is the beginning of Time Lords and, and, and it actually has another more mysterious origin than the, his original mysterious origin. Right. It's like discovering that Bruce Wayne is adopted. Like, well, Bruce Wayne's still the Batman. Right. His father and mother may not be Mrs. Mrs. Wayne, Mr. and Mrs. Wayne. Right. But there's not a lot of change there. So in some ways, again, as you point out, the beginning of the Doctor being kind of passive all the way through the episode, actually nothing really is hugely changed here for the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Though the one thing I think one can argue now, and I think this is actually the cool thing about this episode, is now basically every doctor that there ever has been like including like cosplayers at cons and stuff is now basically canon mm-hmm. yeah which is actually good in some y- in some sort of you, way you like that i well whatever it it uh <laughs> <laughs> it the thing i guess what is uh, gives me pause is not so much the continuity has been changed or uh revised for what gallifrey is but the continuity uh, once again bigs up the doctor by trying to uh, yeah, make her small again right. or make her mysterious. And yeah. uh, we're all the way back to Lungborough where we have Rassilon and Omega and the other or whatever. Yeah, what kind of Cartmel master plan is what we are. Right. Yeah. And so we have yeah. the other, which is the timeless child, which is the doctor. To me, it works so much better when the doctor was sick of the society, sick of the non-intervention, was a nobody and just went out from there to see the see the universe rather than the founder of their race which effectively which effectively she is and it just inflates what i think the doctor is i like the doctor the best when he or she focuses on the small and makes a little bit of difference and isn't dragging the earth all the way halfway across the universe yeah. type thing well, there's, I mean, there's a, there's an arms race, you know, with any kind of, especially a contemporary kind of genre, um, you know, sci-fi show is mm-hmm. that it's always got to be bigger and better than the last time. Right. And to, to kind of bring it back down again to small, you know, it's not what people do nowadays. Right. right. And it would have been amazing to find a way to bring the doctor back down to like a fugitive from their own people who kind of left their planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, because yeah, you know, the, the the original, the mm-hmm. original, the original Doctor. Um, I, but I, mean, I think that, he, that's just not possible. I think you could have done that if you didn't make the Doctor the timeless child, right? But then, right. why introduce a whole timeless child bit if you weren't going to make the timeless child the Doctor? I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I sort of, in some ways, I was sort of vaguely hoping a little bit, you know, the master would be the timeless child or something, mm-hmm. whatever the timeless child was, and mm-hmm. that's what irritates the master, and that's how the master, I don't know, was able to have the immense power to, like, destroy right. Gallifrey for some reason. Which you know, would a... have made more sense to me why he was so angry. And... Yeah. But yeah. you wouldn't want, but Chibnall wouldn't want to have the doctor owe anything to the master. 
No, well, I, and again, I mean, I think in some ways they kind of made, you know, they made, there was an interesting piece of plot that was missed out or forgotten or not acted upon. You know, okay, if, if there's a piece of the Doctor in every Time Lord, then there's a piece of the Doctor inside the Master, which is what makes the Master angry. Right. But it also is something that you could possibly appeal to, you know, like standard thing when someone gets turned into a robot or whatever. Mm-hmm. You always go like, well, remember, you used to be human, and then they, they falter, and then you can, like, you know, kill them or something. Right. But it might have been possible to say to the Master, well, like, you know, you have a piece of me inside you. Why don't you don't do this horrible plan or even just turn to all those actually incredibly cool looking time lord cyber cyber lord <laughs> oh, creatures God, you like those like, <laughs> yeah, i kind of did um and they were really just ridiculously ridiculous o- ridiculous yes top. ott yes <laughs> uh, yeah exactly you know look you, you you have a piece of me inside you don't be evil right and then we have new cyber lords or something i mean i think what, what worked for me was the collars <laughs> the, the, the kind of robes they were wearing were a bit ridiculous, mm-hmm. but I did like the kind of ornate cyber cyber design. For okay, those, all right. The cyber lords, yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, you didn't. Uh, not a fan, but whatever. Not a fan. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think they're ridiculous. I think is pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of why I like them. To be okay. honest, I mean, they did look like utterly ridiculous, mm-hmm. um, but also kind of splendid as well. I mean, I, it's a shame that they sort of no longer exist potentially, uh, or at least they're just a pile of kind of silvery metal in mm-hmm. the ruins of Gallifrey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, would it would it be interesting again for the Cyber Lords to turn on? the master and we have new new race of time lords the cyber lords mm-hmm. or something i don't know whatever it introduces i guess two two of the MacGuffins that i really had problems with in the story one was the death particle which was the death particle convenient get out of uh how are we going to solve this uh bit then and then with uh Koshamus at the end uh, I totally got Obi-Wan Kenobi vibes from Star oh, God, Wars yes. throughout yeah. the story with him. And uh, just the sacrifice at the end, it just seemed like a cop-out for the Doctor, really. It, so his... Yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it just... Uh, I mean, I didn't write myself into this corner, and I think he had this character there uh, from from the beginning uh, to sacrifice because he wasn't going to sacrifice any of the fam. But it's the death particle. You didn't need to have the confrontation with the master. You could have just put your hand outside the door of the TARDIS with some kind of spring-loaded device. That when you drop it, it would explode. The TARDIS dematerializes. You don't. You don't have to have an agent. It's the death particle. It's going to kill everything on the planet. I thought it was everything in the universe when it was introduced. I thought it was everything. I, I, I guess maybe the gallery is in some kind of some kind of bubble at this point. So, but yes, I certainly when I heard about the death particle at the end of the beginning of the show, it, it did say like the whole universe. Right. But apparently, that's not actually the case with this particular death particle no i mean with the koshamas thing i mean again it was kind of ridiculous because as again as you point out um it would have made a lot better sense so let's just say yes perhaps you know decided to sacrifice themselves in order to save the universe or whatever and, and also save the doctor and destroy the cybermen mm-hmm. but koshamas was really just a kind of like sacrificey star wars character right who again the doctor and koshamas have this kind of quite long conversation like around the death particle mm-hmm. thingy while the cyber lords just kind of stand there and go like, well, let's just wait. See what happens. Until they, <laughs> till they finish this conversation and then, 
Uh, see what happens. Yeah, let's literally not do anything. And right. also, let's make sure the master doesn't do anything either. And yeah, we'll just see what happens there. Yeah, and then maybe we'll just let the doctor run away. It's just like they had a conversation while the people that they were about, they were planning to destroy, were just kind of standing there. Right. To be ridiculous. To right. Me. Right. Well, yeah. they they were ridiculous. They looked ridiculous and they behaved <laughs> they ridiculous. Ridic- <laughs> they were ridiculous. They acted ridiculous. Um, and the other thing that was kind of, well, again, I, I actually, I kind of like the death particle a little bit. It seemed to me that you're right. It did spring fully formed from the head of Zeus or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, where? Who? Who invented that? A death particle is awesome. Like, who who invented that? Like, well, Cybrarium did, did it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, why are they not using it right now? Or whatever. Anyway, I quite liked it because it seemed to be like a callback to the, you know, the Davros, do I have the right thing? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, he had invented effectively a death particle of some kind. Right. Uh, what I wasn't understanding is, okay, so, okay, this is just me being kind of nitpicky, but whatever. So the master's tissue compression eliminator, right? Right. It's on the box that you, when you go to Walmart and you buy a tissue compression eliminator, the first word in it is like tissue compression, right? <laughs> and like, what, 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 whatever Ashad is made of, we know, we know for sure he's partly made of tissue right. and partly made of metal. Right. So, like, how does the tissue compression eliminator compress his metal bits? I do not know. I, th- I um, had the same thought, too. I thought <laughs> it would be really funny if... Oh, wouldn't if, that if, be better? If yes. he compressed them and then the whole uh, suit collapses and then you just have a little ashad in the boot. But oh, I, 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 that would have been amazing, and then you know they they could have shaken him out of the boot, or right? Something. That would have been fa- that would have been such a great effect that would have made every would, would have been relatively easy to do. But the and, reason why you couldn't do it is because you had to have it be the vessel to carry around the death particle. Exactly. So you know why not spend just a little bit more time and develop the death the death particle is like exists in a little vial that's inside his chest plate or something and you just take it out I well mean, you could have little, yeah you could have done i mean just just because it's a death particle it's right. like you made it up so right. it could be absolutely anything right so just try i will again what's been frustrating me about this season is just a little just like 10 minutes more thought over these scripts and like 10 minutes more discussing with the production designer and yeah, everything could have just made it just slightly better and just more consistent and less like, uh, it's good enough. It's, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's lot of kind of like that'll do rightness with these scripts, which which I find a bit frustrating, really. Mm-hmm. Did you like how the Joe Martin doctor was worked into, Dr. Ruth was worked into the story? In no, the because I, I, I want more Joe Martin doctor. I don't want her to like just walk on and go like, oh, I'm the Joe Martin doctor, remember the thing there, right. and just go away again. I, I you know, this is, this is going to sound like heresy, and it's, it's, it's coming from a, a different direction that it comes from usually. I would like, as much as I think Jody's doing an okay job, I would like Joe Martin to be the new doctor. Hmm. I realize, I think she's just so much, so much more compelling and so much more charismatic, right? And so much more interesting than, unfortunately, the kind of slightly anodyne kind of blonde, white girl, northern doctor that we currently have. Mm-hmm. And that's just my opinion. Um, so I, I was disappointed because I was, you know, I knew it wouldn't happen. Right. I was hoping that my kind of idea that you know that 
the Jody, the Jody Doctor would be revealed as some kind of alternate universe Doctor and not kind of real and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And like we would then speed off in the TARDIS with the uh, quite literally amazing Doctor Ruth. Mm -hmm. But not going to happen. So I wasn't pleased. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How about you? What, what, what did uh, you think? I think if you were going to go there, you would have had to introduce more of the other previous incarnations of the yeah. Doctor in the Matrix. And it just didn't have a satisfying crunch to me in yeah. the story. It, it seemed more like what I took umbrage with Moffat a lot of times is, ah, oh, this will piss off people. Let's do this. And it seemed to me that I'm beyond the point of getting really upset right. about it. I'm not really upset. I'm just sort of like, eh, this really isn't the show that I've watched a lot. It's changed so much that uh, what what's what's remains the same? What did I like way back when when mm -hmm. I watched it? And we don't have plot-driven stories. They're character-driven stories. But in the past two series, I can't say that the characters were really driving Story this either. show yeah. other than maybe Graham. So I'm not sure... I'm not sure what's going on with Doctor Who anymore, and I'm 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 kind of feeling like there really isn't room for all in this. I'm not sure there's room for me. I'm not sure where I fit in with this kind of storytelling. And I mean, it's interesting, it's intriguing, but really, what have you done other than big up the Doctor even more that she? has you know, created the whole race of Gallifrey with the uh, assist from her adopted mother who found her at at the Afrikaans Language <laughs> Memorial in South Africa. You should have actually just said that that's what it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you on that, I'm afraid. I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, what's keeping me going at this point, really... Is I you know there are aspects of this I really like and as I said you know I I'm I'm willing to go to the mat for Doctor Ruth right. um, that she is my choice of the new Doctor mm -hmm. and if they squander her if she doesn't get a DWM cover as like you know Joe Martin is the Doctor and if they right. kind of just squander her as just a kind of a piece of plot then mm -hmm. that actually plays completely against what all of this is supposed to be about, which is, you know, being inclusive and being mm -hmm. diverse mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. showing that Doctor Who is about everybody. If what you do is you sideline a pretty kind of amazing black woman character right. in, in, in favor of a white blonde woman character. That, that seems to me that, that goes, that flies completely in the opposite of what we're being told of what, if, if the, what's going on here. So that's one piece of irritation that I have because I'm sure actually that that is what is going to happen the other thing I think the other thing that's kind of keeping me going is that is what I've always said about the show is that the show is kind of a microcosm 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 it's this core sample of culture over 50 60 years of televisual storytelling so you know it changes according to how society changes mm -hmm. now the interesting way that it changes is it changes according to what a particular group of kind of upper middle class white men think is, <laughs> is, 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 is changing. And that really, what all that points out is that Chibnall is the same as Terence Dix, only Terence Dix happened to have been born in, you know, the 1930s, I guess, yeah. where, where Chibnall happened to be born in the 1960s. So mm -hmm. they are different people, but they still have a, you know, okay, this is the way we think things should be. And sometimes we agree with those things, and sometimes we don't agree with those things based on simply, you know, where we are in that cycle of 
birth and death, etc. Um, so, I mean, that that is actually kind of interesting to me that you can look at the show as a kind of a changing, a changing mirror to society. But I, I don't disagree with you that it's it is slightly becoming something that is, you know, even uh, that is not not really not really geared towards me. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if the show is just folding in upon itself at this point. Yeah, well, yeah, no, I mean, there's that. I mean, you know, again, this idea that we're getting rid of the Time Lord may ostensibly say that was, you know, we're not, you know, we're kind of getting rid of that kind of continuity. But as I said, as I said, you know, it's like finding out that Batman was adopted. It's like, well, okay, the Doctor is now another, the offspring of another base of super being, another race of super right. beings. Right. So let's, well, I guess we're going to have to find out about them, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that doesn't really help, does it, that much? Gallifrey Prime. Gallifrey Prime, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 To me, if Chibnall had really the guts and he really wanted to reboot this, he would have abandoned the original TARDIS and she would have set off with the TARDIS that she left Gallifrey in and not go back for the other one. Right. Or not go back at some time. Or you would have made this story as part of a two-series arc where it's all about finding a new TARDIS or finding the TARDIS and you totally reboot the series but we're still dragging along some continuity in the form of a police box TARDIS the story in itself was not satisfying because it was nearly 65 minutes of exposition of trying to show how we are going to change continuity rather than maybe even uh, lace this into the last two series with little bits and hints through there instead of just this big dump at the end saying everything's a lie it would have been nice other than the prophetic death scars of doom to have (laughs) anything with the timeless child or anything and there are just 65 minutes of exposition in a series that's supposed to be character driven drama just didn't do it for me and then and just at the end with the doctor saying goodbye to the fam and yaz was really emotional and there wasn't any kind of payoff. There wasn't anything, a hug or you know, anything, a goodbye. And it just seemed cold. And it's kind of the coldness that you saw with the doctor and Graham. It seemed like this is a long goodbye throughout. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the other, I mean, I think your comment about this being kind of redolent of Star Wars, the show can try and reboot itself, but it is so weighed down with marketing and branding that you know what's difficult about the dr ruth character now is that we know that they travel in a 60s police box which means they mm-hmm. have to be somewhere in the kind of hartnell the hartnell to whitaker continuity but we don't know where now if, the, if, if only that character didn't have a police box tardis then mm-hmm. that character could have been anywhere in this now this huge continuity you know possibly hundreds of doctors but because they had to have that reveal in in Fugitive of the Jadoon where there's a police box, and it, it's 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 just it's said you know they want if they want they want to do big kind of reboots and changes and stuff, but they can't because the show won't let them because it is hedged around with a whole bunch of other stuff that is not about trying to make this the best show that it can be basically. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you know that's essentially one of the problems. Another point I think that is indicative of how light the show used to be in the classic era and how even as we try and divest ourselves of continuity we cannot avoid it um is 
the CIA, the Celestial Intervention Agency, that was a joke. Yes. You know, that's, it's, <laughs> not, it's not a piece of plot. It's not a piece of continuity. It's Robert Holmes thinking like, okay, we all know what the CIA is because mm -hmm. it's the 1970s. Mm -hmm. um, okay, the Time Lords have got something called the CIA as well. It's just called, I don't know, the Celestial Intervention Agency. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> and it's just a piece of world-building jokery, which means absolutely nothing. Right. Um, and, and now, of course... We're going to have like you know fanfic after fanfic, and now it's going to be it's now the division, and there's someone in charge, and it's just this you know, let's just try and get back to this kind of lightness and plottiness of how it used to be, but then again, as you point out, you know, okay, if we're not going to do plottiness, and we're going to do characterness, then okay, let's do characterness, but let's do it properly, and just having Graham sitting down and telling Yaz how wonderful she is when actually Yaz has done very little to demonstrate how wonderful she is, is not being character driven. Right. It's just neither one of the two. So I, I, I mean, I liked it well enough, but there's a lot, there's a lot that is a problem here. I think really mm -hmm. that the show is still trying to kind of work its way through. Yeah. I'm not sure it can, yeah. but it's, it's, it's really hard to see what the whole point with this. There really isn't much that's changed other than making the Doctor even more special, which is yeah. fine, but I like the Doctor when the Doctor is a nobody and still does really good and isn't the oncoming storm, the progenitor of the entire Gallifreyan people, uh, just whatever, <laughs> I guess. And that, and, that, and that, again, that is a far better message. That is a far better kind of believe in yourself, do the best that you can, that is a far better message of the show than our main character is a, you know, an immortal, invincible, unknowable super being from not only from the beginning of time, but from beyond the beginning of time. Right. Um, you know, that takes us purely into kind of Marvel, Marvel movie territory, which is, you know, where we really don't want to go. Or maybe we do. Who knows? Mm -hmm. um, well, I don't want us to go. And it seems if the message of the show is about, you know, empowerment and believing in yourself and like doing good rather than doing bad to have the doctor be a nobody who does good because that's the right thing to do then to, to kind of get away from that is kind of actually spiking what we're being told is the message of the show yeah so anyway yeah i don't know we'll see we'll see well thank you for listening if you made it this far this has been episode 150 of the metabulous 2 podcast i've been talking to ben in maui and I've been talking in 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 Portland to David. <laughs> and we're going to give us in the podcast a rest for a week, so we will be back in a fortnight. So until then, farewell. Bye. Yeah.